All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of the Five Nine Podcast. My name is Alejandro Pinedo, your host, and this week I'm joined by Rick Fulweiler. He's the Chief Solutions Architect at NetScout. Rick, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here today. Excellent. And I've been looking forward to this one, Rick, because we actually here at Fierce have been hearing a lot about the dark knock uh, and, and how to get there, how to get to that uh, utopic vision, perhaps. Before we get into the weeds here, I'd love to hear a little bit about your role over there at NetScout and, and what you look after. So it, it's been kind of a, a long role. Um, I came onboarding NetScout through the acquisition of Tektronix Communications. So I'm based here in the, in the Dallas facility. Um, when I when I joined Tektronix, I joined in the sales department. I was uh, director of sales. I, I managed a group of people that's responsible for North American sales into the tier twos. And then I'm then uh, later on to the transition, I actually spent some time in the UK. So I then became vice president of sales for our EMEA group and spent about four years in, in London managing that group. Uh, and then after the acquisition, I transitioned back into a little bit more of a technical role because I always had a lot of a lot of technical background into our CTO office working for our CTO, Bruce Kelly. So I've been in that role now for probably about five plus years. So uh, the culmination in the Tektronix slash NetScout role is probably now close to 15 plus years. So I hate to date myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I've been in telecom for quite some time, probably over 30 plus years. So uh, it's been a long role, road. I spent quite a bit of time with uh, other companies out there, um, Tekelec being another one in the telecom world. So a lot of, a lot of depth in telecom. Absolutely. I think it's one of those industries where, you know, folks say they've been working in telecom for 20, 30 years, but just the rate of uh, innovation and evolution means that uh, it's probably a different world every few years. So definitely not one to to be bored in. And, and speaking of that evolution, uh, we wanted to bring you on to tell us specifically, as I said in the introduction about the dark knock. Now, obviously, Network operation centers uh, struggling with uh, more complexity. Networks are, are becoming uh, more intricate, and, and with that will come greater challenges. So, you know, tell us a little bit about Dark Knock and, and how automation plays a role in, in achieving uh, that, uh, that architecture. Definitely. I think, you know, if you look at the, the Knock today, it's probably going through probably one of the, the largest and, and most complex network transitions, uh, especially as the carriers make the move to support a fully 5G standalone network. And inside of that network, there are a lot of moving parts. In fact, going uh, to 5G standalone is not a simple step like we had from 3G to 4G. It's more like a giant leap. And you know, beyond the, uh, the radio access nodes changing, as we started to look at 5G uh, non-standalone, with 5G standalone comes a brand new core network and new functions come along with that. Also, a new message format, um, and also with the option of encryption across that message format on the service-based architecture. And what we're seeing is, is the NEMs are now providing these new functions. It's much different than it had been in the past. Uh, they're moving off of dedicated appliances, they're moving to virtual machines, to network virtual functions and Kubernetes clusters. So this new cloud-native architecture, if you wish, has a much more complex network plumbing, making accessing the 3GB packets uh, between those network functions also more complex. We're also seeing now 4G and 5G nodes collapsing as part of this transition to a single network or a single network dual functional node. We're also seeing the inner workings of uh, 5G voice over new radio, 
with the 4G network. So we kind of have to keep one eye on the 4G network while we're keeping another eye on the 5G network. So, you know, we're seeing when serious service affecting issues happen today in the NOC, you know, it typically involves really mobile different groups of people and mobile different people with mobile different uh, domain backgrounds too, across mobile different disciplines, sorting through hundreds of KPIs, KQIs, dashboards, metrics to determine the root issues. So really all this complexity, you know, from our opinion is there's really too much for humans to manage in a typical fast-paced NOC environment. You know, so it really kind of screams out for this type of automated consultant, if you wish, to kind of reduce this complexity and find the top root issues that are really having the largest business impact at that point in time. So I, I think that this is where we see kind of the transition. You know, we, we see this huge amount of complexity and it's just getting more complex, you know, with everything going on in the transition. So this is why we think really that automation packaged with uh, kind of deep domain knowledge that's injected to AI and ML is really going to drive the need and really going to drive the uh, the capability to move to a dark knock environment. Sure. And, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the knock is going through a, a unique transformation at the moment. But I guess my question to that is, is why now? Why hasn't this been done before? We, we've talked about big data and uh, certainly AI and ML has been implemented in networks to a certain extent in the past, and I assume in the NOC as well. Why is this such a crucial time in that transformation? I've definitely seen multiple different projects where they've taken network data and they sent it into kind of the big data uh, initiatives. And, and, and it's worked sort of well. And this is where we saw smart, really data science people trying to create different views of the data. Uh, most of the time, this results in really a lot of money being spent with probably very little return on investment. And, and I believe, you know, what they really lack is some key ingredients. It's not that what the data scientists are doing is bad. It's just that, they're, you know, they're missing a couple of key ingredients to the cake, if you wish. So we see the, the ingredients being really deep domain knowledge, experience around key data relationships. And these are really the, the important bits and pieces and how these bits and pieces fit together is really kind of the secret sauce. So we take, for example, like, like call gaps in uh, voice over LTE. So to a, a Volte expert, you know, they would analyze where the call gaps are during the call. They would look at the beginning, the middle, the end, the duration of the call gaps and so on and so forth, you know, all meaning something a little bit different and indicates different places of where to start looking for the root issues. You know, is it on the IMS signaling side of the network? Is it on the packet gateway side? Did the handset have a new firmware update? You know, these are all the kind of things they would look at. And that's kind of the secret sauce to how to glue this together. And it's kind of similar to, to medicine. So if you're, you know, if you're a doctor and somebody comes into you with a stomach ache, you know, the first thing that the physician is going to do is they're going to take your blood pressure. They're going to look and ask you, you know, where is the pain? Uh, where is it happening? Is it happening during when you're eating? Is it happening at uh, certain parts of time during the day? You know, is it happening when you're exercising? So they may take some blood. But, but all these are really key parts of a puzzle. So it's, it's like the packet level data guiding the physician to really to try to find the root cause, but they need all these little bits and pieces, but they have the knowledge, they have the experience how to put those bits and pieces together. So, so the data science projects, you know, that we've seen, you know, know how to process the data, but they really lack this deep domain knowledge and experience to really understand how the pieces of the puzzle fit together. So that's just where we kind of see the void. Makes sense. So. So what's this? Uh, what's the initial steps? What? How do we start this process then to to move towards the dark knock? 
That's, that's a great question. And I think sometimes we, you know, we kind of go down the path of trying to boil the ocean, trying to do everything at once. So that, that's the first thing we need to understand is we're not trying to boil the ocean. <laughs> but I think when we, when we look at where do we start, you know, we really want to start with a packet level network data. And this is what we believe is the, the truth of what's really happening in the network. And we kind of call this the lifeblood, if you wish, of what's taking place in the network. So with that packet level data, we can leverage automation technology that harnesses this data and it can start to find you know, network anomalies. It can start to look for outliers and, and we need to relate this back to business impact. So if I have a uh, you know, single subscriber in a market with high call drops, you know, that's important. You know, obviously you wanna make that subscriber happy and try to understand the issues. But if we're having 25% of our subscriber base in a Pacific market, you know, with a common firmware release, having multi issues when attaching to a Pacific vendor's uh, packet gateway, that really gets my attention. So that's the things that's really impacting business right now today. That's where I need to go look after. And I've seen some kind of interesting systems out there today that do a great job of alarm categorization or what we call invent data categorization, but they really have no idea why the issue is happening and what's really and how that those those alarms are really impacting overall subscriber experience, and that's the difference here. You know, I think we're what we're talking about here. So from there, you know, you know, once you have the packet level data, once you understand how to put the bits and pieces together, you can then start to fold in telecom trained AI and ML models that start to do a deep dive into subscriber impact with isolation training. And this can really give you true insights into the real issues that may be causing these systemic issues and experiences across the network. Let me let me ask you specifically then about 5G and, and what role does this play? So we're, we've been seeing more and more interest or, or you know deployments in 5G standalone. Let's start in in the role that Darknock plays in that. Do you believe that you know this process, this transformation, is that important step? to deploy 5G standalone, or where does it fall within the, the set of considerations that a carrier must take into account? I think it goes back to, you know, some of the things that um, I, I kind of covered as we, we looked at kind of that, that, that first question. There are a lot of moving parts as we migrate to 5G standalone. And obviously, um, as I said, you know, we're, we're changing a lot of things simultaneously. It literally is like changing all the tires on your car as you're moving down the road. Uh, and because of that, you know, this level of complexity, you know, not only are we, you know, as I said before, you know, changing message sets, we're now doing encryption across the SBI. Um, we're now having non-dedicated appliances. We're now seeing the fact that we're going to microservices inside of containers and Kubernetes clusters. And we lack visibility of that. So network plumbing is changing quite a bit. And because of all this is going on to, to the person that's trying to solve problems, you know, where do we really start? Is this really... Um, a packet level problem between two network nodes? You know, is it an issue with the SMF talking to the AMF per se? Is my, am I having registration problems? Am I having authentication problems? Um, is the handset even able to get onto the 5G network at all? You know, why is it not being, being able to authenticate? Well, okay, that, that's kind of the normal things I would have to look through. Now I have to figure out how does it relate to everything else that's changing the network too. So this, this level of complexity really grows without bounds. We start seeing this migration to 5G standalone. And that's just the core part of the network. You know, we have a lot of things that are changing also on the RAN side of the network too, as you start looking at migrating to open RAN. We're seeing the decoupling of the CU and DU. Uh, we're also seeing now hyperscalers come into play. We're, we're now starting to leverage um, uh, the capability of the MAC 
And we're now trying to figure out, you know, if latency has been injected into the network because of issues, where is that latency coming from? Is it coming from the linkages back to the hyperscaler? Is it being injected into the RAM part of the network? Is it being injected into somewhere in the core part of the network? So it's just so complex. And this is why I, I think really as we see this transition to 5G standalone, it, the need for an automated consultant, as we call it, or, or automation in general, is really going to be key. I mean, it's almost a must as we uh, as we see this level of complexity, we have to have some type of tool and some type of environment to make it simpler for the people that are managing the network today and the not. And I think over time, as the AI and ML algorithms become smarter, you'll see the transition to the dark knock. But I don't think it's going to take place overnight. It's, it's going to have to be kind of a crawl, walk, run um, process going through that. Sure. I mean, the, uh, the image of trying to change all the tires while driving down the road is enough to, to make anyone anxious. And, and the complexity here is, is quite astounding. Um, you, you did mention encryption there for, for a second, and, and you're talking a must when we look at these 5G network deployments. I imagine that securing that network is, is one of those factors. Can you talk a little bit about the role that automation plays in securing these 5G networks? Oh, of course. Yeah. So when we think about security, we're thinking about um, the same similar concepts. You know, we're looking at anomalies, we're looking at outliers. So this holds true for network security. So, so when valid devices attach to the network and start to cause harm either to the network infrastructure, such as via, um, say, you know, flood messages or resource exhaustion, or may even have IoT devices that don't follow kind of the normal pattern and they start to generate more traffic than usual or communicating to an unknown server. For example, they're not phoning home any longer to, to the known servers or they're sending traffic and data somewhere else. So this is a level um, of really automated security detection. And this is really critical. And, and there's a lot of this that, that we see that, you know, that can actually transpire in a 5G network. You know, for example, uh, masqueraded traffic within a DNS tunnel. You know, this, this happens quite a bit to where we have a DNS tunnel and what we're taking uh, potentially uh, traffic that's not designated for its specific, you know, place. It's actually, um, you know, bad actors sending bad traffic through those tunnels, being able to detect that. You know, our, our devices that uh, are no longer using their allocated IP address is another great example. So this is a key battle against what we call DDoS attack vector uh, leveraging reflection amplification. So being able to detect this in near real time as it starts to get into the 5G network is really critical because once it gets into the network and then it starts going out into its tack, it's a little bit too late. That's a little after the fact. We love to be able to see these anomalies and these outliers as soon as they attach to the network. And I think this is this is critical, you know, especially in a 5G network where you have more devices, you're having higher speeds, you're having lower latency, you're having a lot more devices attached to the network. Absolutely. Um, Rick, before we wrap up the interview here, I, I did want to ask you about one element of, of 5G evolution that just fascinates me, and that specifically is 5G slicing. I mean, it just opens a world of opportunity in terms of use cases and, and how we can you know, leverage and, and even monetize 5G networks. I imagine automation plays an important role there as well. It, it definitely does. So obviously, beyond all the other reasons, you know, we were just talking about, you know, we're now virtually dedicating parts of the network to these specific slices and very specific SLAs are also assigned to these slices. So monitoring these key SLAs, you know, such as latency, throughput from RAN to core, 
and assuring they stay within the, the you know, design thresholds is, is one part. But why also simultaneously determining if they if they do stray, why are they straying? You know, is it traffic load? Is it latency increasing? If it is latency increasing, where is it happening? You know, is it happening in the back? Is it happening in the RAN? Is it happening in the core? And if it is happening, what's causing this? So, you know, literally you can see the same level of deep domain knowledge is applied also to slicing use cases too. And I think, I think this is this is a super critical area to, to start deploying uh, automation and also leveraging automation with AI and ML technology for slicing. Brilliant. Well, Rick, listen, all that's left for me is to thank you for taking the time to join us here on the 5.9 podcast. It's, um, it's always good when I learn and I can say I've learned a lot today. So thanks for taking the time and hopefully our listeners as well. You know, you can um, reach out to the NetScout team. I'm sure there's a lot more to discuss. There's not much, you know, we can't cover everything in, in 20 minutes, but this was certainly a great stab. Rick, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Great. And to you, listener, thanks as always for joining us. And we'll be back next week in your feed with another episode. Until then, take care and stay safe. Bye-bye.